Well, good afternoon, good morning, and good evening. Whatever time of the day it is that you're listening to this program, welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff and the Eagles this week will be heading out to the West Coast in a battle with the Rams. And uh, this is going to be one of those matchups. And any of you who listened to my preview podcast of the season, when I uh, came to this game, as far as just predicting before the season starts, if I figured the Eagles would win or lose this game, this was the one that I pointed out and said, I really have no idea because I didn't know what to think. And I still don't. I really don't. Even four weeks into the season, which is – not surprising, and this is kind of why I thought. I'm like, I don't know what to think about the Rams, and I still don't, even four weeks in. I have a little bit better uh, idea, I have to say. I'm not as completely, um, you know, without a pulse of this game because we have seen four games. But overall, you know, I, uh, I'm really undecided as far as what I really think. So I usually have a – a general idea, at least going into games, uh, and, and a general gut feeling about a game. And this one, I have not had beginning of the season, and still I have a little bit more, I guess, a little bit more information to go on uh, because we do have four games, you know, to kind of at least take a look at and dissect a little bit. But, you know, it's it's uh, this is still one that I'm just shaking my head trying to figure out. But before we get into all that, first of all, Thank you for tuning in, as always. Make sure while I got you here, before I get going, take a second, just a second, and hit that follow or subscribe button, whatever platform you're on, and uh, rate the pro- rate the program as well. All right? Five stars would be fantastic. really helps the show, and uh, I'll thank you in advance for that. And thank you for tuning in and listening uh, to uh, the program. All right. Top of the show, I have to pass on or at least acknowledge because uh, some of you have probably heard about the um, passing yesterday of one of the all-time. And when I say all-time, one of the all-time. You can't even stress it enough. There are certain players in the history of the NFL that even with all of the great players there have been, there's a few, a select few that are immortal, iconic uh, players to which if you just hear the name, you think um, just reflects and epitomizes uh, greatness. And this one hit me hard. This one hit me hard. There is one player, and I've said this not in this program because we haven't really, haven't really talked about this, um, but just personally when I've had you know side conversations with friends, family, and, and whatnot, others, other sports people. If there, there's one player, there's really a couple of them, you know, or a few of them, I should say. But the one, the one that I always start off with when I when I talk about this sh- very short list is, well, before let me just tell you what the short list is. There's a short list that I have, very short, like two, maybe three. Um, 
of would people ask me like you know what players would you have liked to have seen play or just me thinking of that you know what players would i have loved to see uh actually you know play in the in their prime at in their time and you know i've been a, i've been alive i just turned 50 years old i know some of you may know that from my previous shows but um so you know i'm i'm 50 I turned 50 this year so i was born in 73 and you know my obviously i have no idea who was playing even though it was live i wasn't really in tune watching and understanding football so i was probably about 8 you know probably between the ages of 8 and 10 so you almost have to wipe out the first decade right so i pretty much say to be fair i've i've been a huge fan and watcher of football for 40 years maybe there could add a year or two in there of things i may have retained when i was you know eight eight or nine years old but let's we'll just use 40 years so from 1980 on i got a pretty good depth of knowledge of the nfl and league history and of course philadelphia eagles history um so there are players, obviously, that preceded that, and I really wish I had been able to watch them play. And number one on my list is, unfortunately, who we just learned yesterday, uh, the breaking news that Dick Buckus had passed away at the age of 80. And Dick Buckus is the player for me is the number one in that short list of players that I really wish that I was able to watch. Um, and all I have is what we all have, you know, that people are either my age or younger. And that's, you know, highlights or just other athletes talking about him. And, and certainly there's a lot of coverage of him when he played. You know, there's there's older players that there's not as much. But, you know, the NFL was pretty pretty mainstream in terms of at least being on television. So you get to see a lot of, you know, a lot of highlights of, of Dick Buckus. Um, and, you know, I've been a fan of his for a long time. My dad is is kind of a Bears fan as well, so maybe he influenced me as a young kid. Uh, obviously, I never became a, a Bears fan. I was an Eagle fan from day one. Uh, and uh, I can't say from day one. Maybe what I mean by day one is when I tell you about that 40 years or so when I became a football fan, it was the Eagles for me even though I, I was born and raised in Connecticut. Um, but anyway, back to uh, Dick Buckus. I Maybe it was through my dad because I know it was one, he was one of my dad's favorite players, um, and I remember the name Dick Buckus. And, and, uh, and for those of you who have maybe never seen him act before, because he was also an actor. After he retired, he became an actor. He was on a lot of commercials. I remember those growing up watching – uh, you know, Eagles games, yeah, the, you know, or any of the local games they had here in Connecticut. And, you you know, you would see Dick Buckus on many commercials um, after he retired. And he also acted. He did – he was in some uh, – uh, he did some acting. And the, the most famous, at least to me, uh, movie that he was in is the Washington Irving's uh, Legend of Sleepy Hollow which what I believe was Jeff Goldblum's first movie also for anyone who, first of all, who anyone who's never seen that movie, I highly recommend watching. It might be tough to find because I don't think they made many 
Like it'd be tough to find, I think, a you know, DVD or a Blu-ray or something. I'm not sure if there's even copies of it because it's not like a. I mean, there's a lot of people that have heard of it, but I don't know if I necessarily say that it's mainstream, uh, where you'd be able to find it easily. But you probably could find it on like Vudu or something like that. One of those uh, kind of streaming uh, services. First of all, this is the right time of the year to watch The Legend of Sleepy Hollow because it's it's based around the fall and Halloween and. Uh, and what it's about is the, uh, you know, it's the, it's the legend of the, of the uh, Headless Horseman. And it's kind of like a mystery slash thriller. Um, and Jeff Goldblum plays the uh, professor, school professor, uh, who was just recently hired into this small little town. And, and so he's kind of like the newbie in town. And, uh, and, and there's this, uh, you know, there's been killings around. And, and you know, there's this legend of, of a Headless Horseman. And it's just a really good, uh, it's a really good movie, number one, uh, I think. And it's, uh, it's set in the 70s, and there's a sort of uh, villainous character, or, you know, in, in the uh, movie. Because Jeff Goldblum, Goldblum has a, sort of a love interest with one of the town's uh, females. I forget what what she does or how they meet or whatever. I'd have to watch the movie again. But anyway, Jeff Goldblum and this girl uh, kind of have a uh, you know a little bit of a side love interest, and of course, she's got either an ex boyfriend. I think it's his ex boyfriend, her ex boyfriend. Uh, or she's got an ongoing relationship and she doesn't really like so much. I can't remember what the exact uh relationship is but it's this character called brown bones and brown bones is played by dick buckus and so uh and he's great he is really great as this bad guy in the, in the movie um in fact some people think that the headless horseman might be him i think uh jeff goble's character thinks that, that it might be him but anyway uh good movie the legend of sleepy hollow uh and Dick Buckus is an actor in that movie. So, but obviously before he was an actor, he is one of the, and it goes without saying, but anyone who has never seen, I'm sure I got some younger audience members out there. Uh, I suggest um, that you take a couple minutes out of your day when you have some time. Go to YouTube and just punch up Dick Buckus highlights. And... You know, there's probably a wide variety to choose from. Watch a couple, you know, watch more than one. Uh, because if you have an appreciation for football and you're a fan of football, you guys need to spend a moment or two and just, if you haven't done, already done this already at some point, and watch some highlights of Dick Buckus and how this guy played. He was... He, he couldn't even play in today's NFL. He's one of those players that could not play. I mean, he could play, but he couldn't play the way that he played <laughs> because you want to talk about a guy who absolutely played this game to hurt you if you carried the ball or caught the ball or ran across the field in, in possession of the ball at all or tried to block him, that he was looking to go through you. And he made no qualms about it. He never backed away from that either. A lot of his interviews, he said, nah, if you had the ball, I was looking to punish you. And that is how he played the game. Uh, 
ferocious, uh, intimidating. Nobody wanted to face Dick Buckus. He was one of those guys that if you knew you were playing him that week, you knew you were going to be hurting after the game. It was just, he was just a, uh, a menace, a monster, whatever you want to call him. That is how this guy played. And he was obviously a great player too. It's not that he was just a guy who could hit hard. And uh, he was a, uh, as for his size, he was exceptionally fast. And that was the part of the game that actually was started to get taken away from him as he got older because he played such a fast physical game. His knees started going on him later in his career. He played nine years, uh, but his last couple of years, his knees were really going on him. And he uh, wasn't, you know, he kind of started to drop off as being uh, as great of a player as he was and, and ended up retiring relatively early. I mean, nine years as a, as a middle linebacker is still a, you know, a pretty long career. Um, especially at the linebacker position. So he played nine years, made the Pro Bowl in seven, all pro, I think, in seven as well. Uh, just uh, unfortunately, he never – I don't think he ever won a, a playoff game. I don't, the Bears back then were not a good team. Uh, they had some good players. He played with Gale Sayers. Um, but I don't believe they ever – don't quote me on this, but I don't believe that the Bears ever – won a playoff game during uh, Butkus's career. They were not a good team. Um, so, uh, very sad news. And this one hit me hard because I've been a huge fan, huge, huge, huge fan of Dick Buckus. And this guy was a bear through and through. He uh, stayed associated with the Bears uh, after he retired, still would go to, um, you know, uh, opening day games or, you know, special games or anything like that. He was still very in touch with the fans in Chicago. Um, he always uh, did a lot of those public um, signings or appearances and uh, stopped doing TV work as he got older. And his, you know, he didn't do as much uh, TV and advertisement. And his, I know his acting career was not that long uh, after he retired uh, from football. But Dick Buckus is one of the top five to ten greatest NFL players of all time in any position. And he is the greatest middle linebacker of all time. Um, and I was able to see the guy who's probably I would put second only to Dick Buckus. And that would be Ray Lewis. I have him... Uh, in my view, is the number two uh, middle linebacker of all time behind Dick Buckus. That's how much high praise I have for Ray Lewis. But Dick Buckus, uh, just, you know, one of the absolute all-time greats. And I, I've spent a lot of time in this podcast here this, today talking about Buckus. And I, and I know this is, uh, you know, Philadelphia Eagles talking. We're going to get to the game. But I feel... You know, Dick Buckus is is worth spending a good little chunk of time here to start off the uh, today's podcast. So, uh, rest in peace to Dick Buckus, and my condolences go out to his family, the Bears uh, organization, and uh, Bears fans uh, in general, and NFL fans, because this is a true icon of the NFL, and. Uh, 
one of the all-time greats. So again, uh, my condolences to the uh, Bears organization and the Butkus family for the passing of Dick Buckus, the uh, middle linebacker, former middle linebacker of the Chicago Bears, who passed away in his sleep uh, at 80 years old yesterday, uh, on October 5th. So uh, rest in peace, and thanks for the mes- memories, number 51. Okay. Uh, so let's get into the Rams-Eagles game. Again, one that I really trying to figure out how to get my arms around and uh, what my thoughts are just going into this game as far as the Eagles' chances and, and how I just kind of see the flow of this game going. And it's been, and it was, and it has been, as you, as I alluded to earlier, the one game on this schedule where I have like no, no um, projection or gut feeling or any of that, just figuring out how I feel about this game. Um, the injuries are starting to pile up for the Eagles as well, and that's concerning. Um, Fletcher Cox is more than likely not playing. That's kind of a, a development uh, that happened over the last couple of days. He had an epidural shot in his back. Apparently his back has really been bothering him to the point where he needed – and epidural. And uh, so that's not only concerning for this game, as it doesn't appear that he's going to be playing, but also when you talk about backs in any sport, really, uh, and then you factor in Fletcher Cox's age, this is something that could quite possibly linger uh, for the rest of the season uh, for Fletcher. It's not anything, at least right now, that they're saying he's going to miss any extended time. But uh, I think it's definitely to, something to keep an eye on. But more than likely, there is not going to be any Fletcher Cox in this game against the Rams. So there's a big loss right there. Now, fortunately, the Eagles, if there's one position where they can afford to have a loss, even if, if it is uh, a guy like Fletcher, it would be the defensive tackle position. You know, we do have, obviously, Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, and Milton Williams. Uh, guys who could step in and, and uh, you know, still be pretty strong at that uh, tackle position. So uh, I think it's smart for the Eagles probably to just give him the, the, the weekend off anyway, even if he thinks he feels like he could play. Fletcher's been a guy who's, you know, especially for his position, he's been uh, a trooper. I mean, he has rarely missed games in his Eagles career. And that's one thing that uh, you have to appreciate about Fletcher even outside of his talent and you know the uh, and what he's done in his career, that's something that people don't really talk about as much as they probably should. And that's the fact that how how Fletcher's a guy you can count on every single game, game in and game out of being in their lineup. Um, and again, the defensive tackle position is not one where you don't miss many games in your career because it's such a you know you're in the trenches. And uh, but Fletcher's been a guy that you can depend on. Uh, and unfortunately, he's a leader in this team, obviously, too. So, you, you know, the Eagles going to miss his leadership uh, this weekend as well. But uh, let's get to the injuries. Uh, Britton Covey ended up with a concussion last week. Um, he has uh, not practiced as of yesterday. And when I say yesterday, I'm talking about Thursday. I'm recording this here on Friday. So we are uh, – I don't have – I've always said this, depending on what their status is during Friday's practice, 
will determine whether or not these guys will play on Sunday. So I don't have uh, their status for Friday. That'll be coming out later uh, today. So keep an eye on that if you want to have an idea if, if these guys here that have not practiced yet this week. Cox, I don't expect to play. There's, I've already seen reports that he is out. He's already been ruled out for this weekend. Um, Cam Jurgens is out for this weekend also. Uh, he's out for probably two or three weeks. They haven't really put a timetable on him yet, but he's got a foot injury. Uh, he's probably going to be out at least a couple weeks, but I've heard as long as three or potentially four for Jurgens. So uh, he will not be suiting up. Uh, the other defensive tackle, so Marlon uh, Tui Piloto is also uh, injured, has not practiced this week. He's got a triceps injury. And I've heard rumors also that he is out for this weekend also. So, again, it's going to put a lot of pressure on Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, and uh, Milton Williams to uh, step up there, uh, even more so than they already have at the defensive tackle spots. And Britton Covey, uh, he has not practiced yet this week. He's got a clear concussion protocol because uh, that's uh, obviously you can't even, even uh, entertain him starting unless he does that. And he's going to be right on the uh, edge uh, of that because it usually takes about a week, five to seven days or so, to clear the initial concussion protocol. And if he's not there by – I mean, it could be a last-minute decision there for on, uh, on Covey. Like he could potentially, I guess, clear concussion protocol on like Saturday or today. Uh, but if he doesn't, I don't think he's going to be in there either. So it'll be interesting to see who the Eagles will have uh, doing punt returns if uh, Covey is not able to go. And again, it doesn't look like he's going to be able to go. So who returns punts for the Eagles would be interesting. Uh, so that is uh, the rest of the Eagles injury report is Sidney Brown limited practice uh, this week. We'll see how he, you know, what the report on it from him particularly uh, as well today and Friday when it comes out later today. But he did at least practice a little bit. He's got a hamstring issue. Uh, we'd like to get Sidney Brown back in there because we're really short on uh, help in the safety and cornerbacks position in our secondary. Justin Evans also missed last week. He's got a neck ongoing neck issue. He full practiced, uh, practiced in full. Uh, so he looks like he's back and ready to go. And finally, Quez Watkins, who we haven't seen since game one. Uh, had practiced in full with his hamstring as well. So he looks like he's going to be back uh, finally for this weekend as well, which is obviously good news and will help our, uh, you know, help, help get our three guy in there, uh, which we really haven't had uh, this season is uh, any, any deep threat from Quez Watkins. So now we go to the Rams. We'll take a look at how they're looking so far. Here's the bad news for the Eagles. Um, I was kind of hoping they would hold them out for one more week. But you know what? You want to play these teams at full strength, you know. But it would have been nice to have a little bit of a break and not be able to play the Rams without Cooper Cup. But it all uh, – everything we're hearing out of the Rams camp is that he has been practicing this week and he is – scheduled to be taking off of the uh, the pup list and because uh, he's been on IR to start the season for the first four games and it looks like uh, he is going to be and he is expected and everything we're hearing 
is he is going to be eligible to be activated for the injury reserve and be playing this weekend against the Eagles. So uh, expect to see Cooper Cup back. Uh, for any fantasy owners that have him out there, that's, I'm sure you're excited about that. Uh, us as Eagle fans, not so excited about that. But uh, it's good as NFL fans to see him back. Uh, he is a great player, one of the best receivers in the NFL. And, uh, you know, if nothing else, you can't expect him, even though he's coming back, to be, you know, 100% uh, ready for game action. I mean, he's going to – I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. This is a guy that could still be an impactful on this game. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. But – you know, getting him back first game, you may not see Mr. 100% all full go, you know, playing every down and play and everything like that, uh, which is typical of a guy like Cooper Cup. Uh, you know, they may kind of slow him into the to the game, or maybe not. I mean, that's not a guarantee either. Maybe he is completely full go and has been anxious to get back on the field for the last few weeks. I don't really know the exact story. You know, obviously the Rams are going to tell you this guy's ready to go and play the entire game and every single play and everything. They're not going to say that. So we'll definitely see. But I would expect that you're probably not going to get 100% Cooper Cup here. Uh, so they will still hopefully be getting a little bit of a break, uh, being that it's just his first game of the season. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, he's good enough to, to make an impact regardless if he's 75% or 100%. So we know that. All right. Uh, the other players on the Rams, um, their backup left tackle, Alaric Jackson um, hasn't been practicing this week. They don't really have – they're pretty healthy. I mean, reserve defensive end, you know, Deshaun Johnson. Um, he's got a thumb injury. Starting left tackle, Joe Noteboom's got a groin. Starting inside linebacker, Christian Roseboom's neck. And uh, their running back, who's a really good player, Kyron Williams, he's got a hip injury, but he's expected to play. And quarterback Matt Stafford's got a hip injury also. But he's been a full a participant practice all week. So um, so I don't know if any of those guys' status is kind of up in the air. Uh, whenever there's an injury, I'm, I guess their status is up in the air. But the key guys, the Kieran Williams and Matthew Stafford, they're expected to play. The other guys that are dinged up seem to be, uh, you know, reserves. I mean, the left tackle and the starting inside linebacker, those guys, I guess, would be something to keep an eye on. It could potentially be out for the game. Uh, they're starters right now. Uh, I'm referring to, again, Christian Roseboom, the starting inside linebacker, and starting left tackle Joe Noteboom. But I believe that they're at least I – mean, I don't really know the status of those two. Just keep an eye on what the uh, report comes out today for them and then whether or not they were able to practice. All right, so that takes us through the injury report for the Eagles-Rams. So a couple of Eagles news outside of the injuries – is they signed uh, cornerback Bradley Roby to the practice squad from the Saints. And again, Howie doing his recruiting from the Saints again, which has been pretty good. I mean, they got a pretty good track record when they pick up these guys from the Saints. Uh, so he, he reaches into the Saints again and picks up Bradley Roby, who is a slot corner. So the Eagles obviously depth-wise really hurting with the loss of Avante Maddox at the slot position and they're trying to kind of patch it up the last couple of days having or games having Bradbury play the uh, slot which is taking him out of his you know all pro uh, pro bowl uh, quarterback position so I don't think ideally the Eagles want to keep that as a uh, as a um, you know mainstay change they want to get Bradbury back on the outside 
But, uh, you know, so they're trying to figure out what to do with a slot cornerback position. Um, so let's see what he can do, this Bradley Roby guy. Uh, and in order to make that roster move on the practice squad, they once again had to release Kyron Johnson. So they just picked, put him back in the practice squad a couple weeks ago, and now he's back and he's been released again. Um, so that's an interesting news. I don't know if he's going to be ready to plug in and play already this week. He's only been with the Eagles a couple of days, but uh, we'll see. Maybe he's going to get some playing time. Again, the Eagles really need somebody to, to play that position. Uh, so do they sneak him in there at least a little bit this Sunday? We'll see. Uh, Jake Elliott, or Mr. Clutch as I call him, uh, was the NFC's uh, special teams player of the week. So congratulations to Jake. Of course, he kicked that clutch 54-yard field goal to give the Eagles the win over the Commanders, which, by the way, you know, I watched uh, some of that game last night. I was out for a while, so I missed the beginning of it. But, I mean, the Commanders, for everything positive that they got out of, uh, you know, giving the Eagles all they could handle in Philly, they go out there and get their butts whipped by the Bears last night. They hadn't won a game in 14 games. I mean, I don't you know, so you take one step forward and two steps back if you're Washington. Uh, I don't know. I can't even I – I mean, I did end up watching the whole game. I went back and watched it from the beginning. So, uh, you know, to find out exactly how they got down so so much. But DJ Moore just went off on them like – you know, he looked like uh, the second coming of Jerry Rice. I don't know what the heck was going on there, but you got to cover their number one wide receiver. Uh, that game shocked the heck out of me. I mean, there's always going to be an upset in the NFL, but I didn't see that one coming. And I was in Washington. It's not like it was in Chicago. You know, I was thinking, you know, we talked about the, the passing of Dick Buckus. If that game was at Soldier Field, you could see the Bears, you know, trying to go win one for the Gipper type of deal. Right, and maybe that was kind of what happened. Maybe it was just the the magic of Dick Buckus last night. You know, the, there's no way the Bears are going to lose. I guess you could make a case for that uh, and break this streak and everything. And you know, it is kind of ironic that on the day that Dick Buckus passes, the Bears go on the road and win their first game in 14 games. So there might be something to be saying about that. But it's again, it's not like it was in Chicago and there was this huge ceremonial and you know tribute going on during the game that we really kind of get the. It was on the road. Now they the Washington, you know, obviously did a a little uh, little uh, tribute to to uh, Buckus, and I would imagine to be a lot of them this weekend uh, for all of the games about the passing. And that's again how great uh, an iconic of player Dick Buckus was. I would imagine every single game will acknowledge it. it tribute to uh to dick buckus this weekend uh so i would expect that but uh back to the game though dj moore i mean there's i mean there was some seriously sloppy tackling by the commanders i mean if you're a commanders fan and i'd love to get johnny's take on this uh, maybe i'll bring him i mean he's gonna be on in a few more weeks anyway because eagles will play uh washington again but that was some of the sloppiest tackling I've ever seen. There was another play. I mean, as great as his stats were uh, on DJ Moore, I think he had like 200-something yards receiving, a couple touchdowns. There was one play that he just barely stepped out of bounds. He would have had another 30 yards. 
I mean, he could have had even bigger numbers than he did. He stepped down a little bit on the sidelines. Again, dodging some sloppy tackling by Washington. Now, I know this Forbes guy is, uh, you know, is, you know, number one pick, and I'm sure he's probably going to have a fine career, but he's got to learn how to tackle. I didn't see many. I saw a little bit, actually, as I say that. In Eagles game, he missed a couple tackles. But last night, he was a horrible tackler. I mean, the guy almost looks like he can't tackle. I mean, I'd be concerned about that if I was a Commanders fan. I mean, the guy has apparently got a lot of talent, and he was a, you know, he's got really good ball skills, and he's kind of a, you know, that's his, that's the word on him coming out of college. I mean, he was a very good at intercepting the ball and all that, but the guy is, what I've seen so far at least, he's a horrible tackler. And uh, I'm going to talk to Johnny uh, when I have him uh, back on the show uh, a little bit later on when the Eagles and, and Commanders have their uh, round two game. But uh, I know that he's, you know, I had exchanged a couple texts with him, text with him yesterday, and he, <laughs> I know he's not happy with that performance. I mean, how could you be? I mean, there's no way you looked at the commander's schedule and had them losing to the Bears at home. I mean, it's just that's that's unspeakable. So I don't I don't know. We're not going to concentrate on Washington, but uh, other than just the fact that they're a divisional rival, and that was a surprising game. I mean, I did not expect uh, the Bears to go out and beat them, and they beat them good. <laughs> it wasn't it was not really that close of a game. Um. So since we're talking about the NFC East, uh, big battle this weekend, Dallas and the 49ers. Uh, that has major implications on our Eagles, as we know. So I'm sure that uh, we will be watching that one very closely to see uh, see what happens there. And then you kind of got to like, well, who do you root for? You know, you, it's so hard to ever root for the freaking Cowboys. And then it's getting just as hard to root for the freaking 49ers. I can't stand either team. Certainly, I don't hate the 49ers as much as they do the Cowboys, but especially since they talked a lot of smack last year and whined and cried about losing to the Eagles in the playoffs. Um, I don't have much uh, love loss for the 49ers right now, but if you're an Eagles fan, you have to root for the 49ers to beat the Cowboys. And uh, some people are like, well, yeah, of course, but you really, you got to think of it because either way, whoever wins, it's going to help the Eagles. But because uh, if Dallas does upset the 49ers and the Eagles are able to still win the division this year, uh, then it's more likely that the Eagles have a better chance of getting the home, home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Because right now the Eagles have a much harder schedule than the 49ers do. So anytime that they do get a loss this year is going to help the Eagles in terms of that home field advantage for the NFC Championship game, being in Philadelphia versus San Francisco. But the San Francisco's got such an easier schedule than the Eagles. It's, it might come down to the Eagles, no matter how good of a season they have. They may, probably, they may not have a better record than the 49ers. And so that NFC Championship game, unlike last year that was in Philly, may very well be in uh, San Francisco this year. Um, but in order to even have those type of thoughts – you got to win your division. And so that's why the level of importance for the Eagles in terms of being the benefactor of the outcome of that game, we're going to need the, we really want the 49ers to beat the Cowboys. So uh, you got to root for 49ers out there, folks. Uh, and again, most people are like, yeah, of course. <laughs> I root for da- against Dallas every week. 
True, but there are certain times of the year where you can at least consider rooting for the Cowboys. And this would be kind of one, but again, the priority for the Eagles is to win the NFC East first. Because if you're the wildcard team, and I talked about this a little bit last podcast, if you're the wildcard team coming to the NFC East, you're on the road. You might be 12-5, and right? But if Dallas finishes 13-4, and they get the division, and the Eagles are on the road the entire way in the playoffs. And no buy or any of that. So that's why it's imperative the Eagles need to win the division this year. So in that respect, go 49ers this weekend. The Giants, <laughs> do I even spend any time in the Giants? That's a question. But what that what a hapless, horrible, pathetic team that, that team has turned into. Now this turmoil of players are fighting with the fans. I mean, anybody that hates the Giants, and of course we all do as Eagle fans. This is entertaining. This is like, get your popcorn. <laughs> What's next to implode in the Giants season? It is a, an absolute, uh, it's just fun to watch. It really is. I mean, look, I despise the Giants. They've been a longtime rival. And Eagles have owned them too. So they've never really been a challenge to us for the last 10 years. Really, we just completely we beat them all every time, practically. Uh, so they're not really a threat to the Eagles, but just the fact that, especially me living in Connecticut, where half of the fans here in Connecticut are Giants fans, it's 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 lovely. It is. It's 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 fun. It's a lot of fun. And uh, the Giants, they've been on prime time more than any team in the NFL this year so far, and they've gotten their asses handed to them every single time. And uh, it's uh, you know. They got $140 million invested in Daniel Jones, who I'm not even going to say that it's all his fault. You know, I mean, you're sacked 11 times in a game. <laughs> you can't blame the quarterback. But he hasn't looked good either, though. The pick six he threw. I mean, of course he's going to have happy feet and just trying to get rid of the ball. And he's not going to be – he's going to be seeing ghosts out there when he's sacked that many times. So, but that was a bad pass, no doubt. Uh, that was taken 97 yards back for uh, pick six by Witherspoon, who's a extremely talented player and one of the guys that I uh, loved in the in the draft last year. One of my favorite players. But uh, yeah, so the Giants, I can't remember. I think they played Miami this week, so they're going to get absolutely blasted again. And then I think they played the Bills after that. I mean, they needed to win that Seattle game. It really was a game they needed to win. Their season could be over in two weeks. The season could very well be over now, but they have to figure out somehow, some way to upset a team now to, to even have any type of heartbeat left for this season. So that's where the Giants are uh, right now. So, And we'll see what the Eagles do. This is going to be a game where it's a test for the Eagles. Like I, I think this is a game where we're really going to see. It's one of those games, as I'm looking into it, where we're going to find out, is this really a good Eagles team this year? Because – it's a NFC conference game, which, again, could come into play with tiebreakers and all that down the road. Are the Rams a playoff game, too? A playoff team as well, where that tiebreaker might even be uh, a determining factor between just those teams? Maybe. I don't know. Again, I don't know a lot about this Rams team. I'm trying to figure them out. And it's been a little frustrating because I still don't – I wish I had more of a of an idea uh, in this game than I, than I do. But I don't. I really don't. I have a little bit, but not much. Um, 
But what I was saying was, we think the Eagles are a good team this year. They have not played great yet. They're trying to get there. They haven't had a full, total impressive game yet this season. They played a little better last week, at least offensively. Defensively, they're still not that good on the secondary side. I think teams could easily throw in this Eagles team if they were able to hold off the pass rush. That's the key. I think the Eagles are very beatable right now. If there's a team with a decent offensive line or a quick enough passing game to offset the Eagles pass rush, because if you, if, if you have time, this Eagles secondary is not good. It's not good at all right now. It's very vulnerable with the injuries they've had. And, uh, if the Rams offensive line could give Stafford time and Cooper Cup being back and this guy Pacquiao, whatever his name is there, the rookie wide receiver that's just off on fire. He's got 500 yards receiving already this year. I don't even know if I'm saying his name right, uh, but you guys know what I'm talking about. But the Rams have a good passing attack, good tight end. Higby is, is a good player. Running game's pretty good with this Williams kid. Uh, the Rams could do some damage and, uh, We'll see. This is a good test. They got a good coach. You know, McVay is a great coach. Uh, they do have some defensive players too. Obviously, Aaron Donald's one of the greatest uh, defensive players in the league and has been for a while. And the Eagles have an injury trying to contain him too with Jurgens being out, right? So there's no Jurgens. So, uh, well, Penn is going to have to step in there and, you know, along with, uh, Jason Kelsey and try to counter Donald and keep him contained. Now, interestingly enough, Aaron Donald, there's two teams in the league, and I knew about the Eagles, but there was another team. There's actually two teams in the league that he has never gotten a sack against, one being our Eagles and the second being the Jets. So something to do with the teams in green, I guess. But uh, he's only played four times against the Eagles in his career, and he's never had a sack. So let's hope the Eagles can, can keep that streak going because uh, that's going to be key in terms of their offensive execution is keeping him in, in uh, under control. And for the Eagles, again, with Fletcher Cox being out, you know, Milton Williams, I think is going to be the guy uh, that's going to have to do the bulk of the uh, uh, replacement for him. Obviously there's Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis, but they're, they're pretty much starters now. So uh, Milton Williams will have more of a, uh, more of an impact on this game that he, that he's been as he gets more playing time. So, you know, my keys of the game, I kind of just went over. And that is uh, the Eagles need to contain Aaron Donald, execute their offense, because I think this is gonna, they're going to have to score a lot of points. I don't see, especially in you know, the games in the L.A., I don't see the Eagles containing this Rams offense, especially get cut back. You know, their fans out there are going to be excited about that, cut back in the offense. And even if he has 100%, you, you got you to gotta cover him. You know, you got to give him extra attention. And then you get this other wide receiver on the other side now who's doesn't have to be covered by the team's number one. So he could get even better if, if that's even possible. That guy's off to an amazing start. I know I'm butchering his name, so I'm not saying it much, but it's that Pacquia guy or Pacque or I know I'm, I know I'm killing his name, but you guys, you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, so the Rams, I think, are dangerous. I think this is a very dangerous game for the Eagles. I think it's a game that the Eagles could very much lose. As I'm, you know, and again, it's I shake my head because I wish I had a better idea about this game, but I, I can see the Eagles losing this game. I hate saying that as an Eagles fan, just trying to be realistic and objective. Uh, this would not surprise me if the Eagles get their first loss of the season this weekend. Now, 
what I was alluding to before. We're going to find out how good this Eagles team is. If they go out to the Rams and beat them, then and go move to 5-0, and I think it's a really good sign for the season. I really think this would be a really big stepping stone game if the Eagles go out there and beat the Rams. I know they're favored. Even though they're on the road, they're kind of supposed to win this game. But to me, it's going to be a much harder game for the Eagles, the way I look at it. And this is uh, this is one of those games where I'm just like, man, I wish I had a better, better idea going in. But I do think that there's two things I – if I'm going to go to my gut, how I feel about this game. And that is, I think the Eagles could definitely lose this game and it would not surprise me, which I know is not an optimistic view. <laughs> uh, the second thing I really think and believe about this game is it's going to be high scoring. I think this is going to be a game probably into the low thirties. This will be a 33, 30, 34, 31, you know, 30 to 28 at least. Uh, but probably high 20s, low 30s type of final score. You know, 31-28, 34-31, 35-33, something like that. Which team comes on, on top? <sighs> it could be either one. It really could be either one. I don't have a good feel for this game. I wish I did. I know I have to pit. I know I have to make a final prediction here. Um, I had them losing, I think. Go back. Do I have it? I'm trying to think. Will my uh, I still have the uh, let's see if I sit here in one second here, folks. Yeah, I had the no, I did have the Eagles winning this game. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick to that then. You know what? I didn't have much of an idea when I, I pointed out when I made, made my preseason predictions, but I gave them a win, so I'm gonna stay with that. But I'm telling you guys, I'm just warning you. This could be a game that the Eagles lose. And either way, I do think it's going to be a very close game. Uh, and I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. So it should be a fun game to watch. I do think there will be a decent amount of scoring here. So I, I'm going to stick with what I kind of was just gauging at. I'm going to give the Eagles the win. Uh, I will say the Eagles win this game 33-31. 33-31. All right, I'm going to put that right down to make it official. 33-31. We'll see what happens here. Um, yeah, I think the Eagles are going to have to win a shootout to win this game. So, uh, you know, we'll see how that how it happens. And then we'll keep our eye on that 49ers-Dallas uh, game and see see what that uh, – see what, you know, that'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Uh, because I do think Dallas is a very good team. I know they had – you know, they lost to Arizona. But – I think Dallas is still a very, very good team, even with the loss of Diggs. Uh, I think Dallas is dangerous. So uh, we got to root for the 49ers. You know, like I said, the NFC East is the key for the Eagles this year to uh, uh, to get back to the Super Bowl. So with that said, thank you again for tuning in. Remember, you can email us at the show at P-E-T-W-G-P at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on this upcoming game against the Rams. Let us know your thoughts on the division. Want to talk about the Giants? You want to talk about Dick Buckus, the all-time great passing away? Rest in peace, Dick, number 51 of the Bears. And uh, we'll uh, be back with the post game after the uh, game there on Sunday evening, so stay tuned for that. Till then, take care, fly, go fly, and we'll catch you all later.